Hello, hello. Welcome back to The Modern Mom. I am your host, Caroline Detman. I am your parenting cheerleader, and this is our pep rally. Today, we are diving into a topic that is easy to get pumped up about, and that is getting better sleep. My biggest fears about having children wasn't having to deal with tantrums or other behavioral issues. It was getting sleep. I am a big fan of sleep. I am an excellent sleeper. My worries all stemmed from losing sleep with an infant. And when I had that infant, the first thing that strangers would ask when they would see my cute new baby was how well he was sleeping. Does he sleep through the night? Are you getting enough rest? Why are people so nosy about kids' sleep? I actually avoided talking about my first child's sleep as a new mom because I would get like hate from other new moms that my three-month-old slept through the night, but I had no idea how it was happening. It wasn't like I had the key or was gatekeeping the secret to great infant sleep, and I couldn't answer their questions. I am not a sleep expert, so I knew when I launched this podcast that my first guest needed to be somebody who was a sleep expert. Sleep is something that all moms struggle with in one season or another. It doesn't matter if you've been a mom for a day or if you're a seasoned mom, but bedtime does not have to be a battle. I am joined today by pediatric sleep consultant, Nicole Gordon of Delightful Dreamers. As you know, here at The Modern Mom, we are all about breathing life and positivity into being a parent, but it is really hard to be positive if you're not getting a great night's sleep. So Nicole is going to give us some of her best tips on how to improve sleep for everybody in your family. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. Here are three fast facts about Nicole. She is a mom of a seven-year-old daughter. She has a master's degree in social work, and she is raising her family in the same small town that she was raised in. What else is there to know about you, Nicole, and what you do? Yeah, so like you said, I am a sleep consultant, and I started my business after being home with my daughter for a little bit. I had previously worked in early intervention for a long time, and I also had worked as a nanny. So I got to see a lot of the impact of sleep struggles. And so what else makes you so passionate about pediatric sleep counseling? Like what led you to want to help other families? Mm -hmm. Yes, my own personal journey with sleep, where my daughter did not sleep through the night, definitely not by three months, not by a year, not by two years, really. We were just really struggling with her sleep and always up overnight. Nap times were really hard. And eventually I just hit a breaking point. Like something has to give, like her sleep is hard. I am tired. And I didn't want to do cry it out or the Ferber method. Those types of approaches to sleep really just didn't feel good to me. I didn't know there was any other alternative until I started really researching it. And that's when I found out about other options. 
and just decided to go ahead and become a sleep consultant. Wow, that sounds like it was a really rough time for you, but it's honestly pretty cool that you were able to pull something like your consulting business out of something that was such a struggle for your family. You would know better than me, but I hear so much about struggling with sleep amongst parents that I really, I think it's more common than we think. I think a lot of times people are reluctant to let on that they're having issues with sleep. And once you kind of open up and share your own struggles, more and more people are willing to share their experiences surrounding sleep as well. In our house, our our biggest struggle with sleep was always surrounding nap times. Either they were too short or I wasn't nailing that wake window well and we just couldn't figure it out. We had overnight sleep figured out pretty easily just by total coincidence. I take zero credit for any of that. I think my first was a good sleeper because he was born premature and he was used to lights on and beeping all night and people poking him. So when he came home, it was like, finally, it's quiet, I can sleep. And with our girls, we just kind of put everything into practice that we had learned with my oldest, my son, Jack. And that seems to just have worked pretty well for us again. For us, our problems surrounding sleep have always been during nap time. Is this common amongst families who reach out to you? What are some of the more common topics that families come to you for help with? Yes. So common topics that families come to me with are that they can't get their child to sleep through the night, you know, that they're waking up overnight. Then transitioning from co-sleeping, because a lot of times I find families have ended up co-sleeping not intentionally. It's just something that's kind of happened and it's no longer working for them. And then another big thing that families come to me for support with is bedtime struggles. So in those toddler years when bedtime becomes really challenging and there's tantrums and it's just taking forever. Those are three of the main reasons I have families come to me for support. And what do you generally do to help families with their sleep issues? Is it mostly just like on the phone or like video conference like this? Like how, how do you, like what form of consulting do you do? Yeah, so it's all virtual. We'll do phone consultations and I follow up with emails because I take all my notes throughout our calls because, right, it's hard to listen, pay attention, remember things when you are a tired parent and have kids running around. So I provide everything in writing. And then depending, I have different support options. So when I'm working with a family for a longer period of time, we do daily messaging through text and email so that I can really support them in the moment as things are coming up, like you said, with nap time during the day. Um, So it's all that remote and kind of easy access to communicate, which is nice. Yes, taking notes for sleep-deprived parents with children off their schedules is very important. I'm going to edit it out, and hopefully I do a good job, but we've already been interrupted twice by my son, Jack, who doesn't nap anymore. Um, 
my baby is also awake because she took a shorter nap than than usual today. <laughs> so even if I can come on here and say, yeah, my kids all sleep through the night, it doesn't mean I've got any of it figured out. So <laughs> it's figuring out sleep in general is an ongoing struggle for mm-hmm. every parent. Yes. And so when we're talking about sleep struggles, I think a lot of times we just default to thinking about that initial getting them to sleep through the night. Mm-hmm. But there is so much scaffolding that goes into good sleep support for kids as they grow. I as an adult struggled with what I thought was insomnia, but it turns out that I just had really bad sleep hygiene. I chose to handle my insomnia by watching movies or watching TV until I would eventually get exhausted and fall asleep. But then I learned more about sleep hygiene, which is just like having good sleep practice in place, like having a a good sleep routine that just prepares your body for sleep. So for me, good sleep hygiene means, you know, not watching TV. We don't even have a TV in our bedroom, which I know is like super weird for a lot of people out there. And before we had kids, we didn't even bring phones into the bedroom with us. We would leave them to charge overnight in the kitchen, which again, people would always like look at me sideways about, but that's just really what worked for us. Also, our bedroom is completely dark. We put like black electrical tape over anything that has like a little LED indicator light on it. So yeah, yep, I became somewhat of a sleep hygiene expert for myself. But then when we had children, we had to really work on what sleep hygiene looked like for them. So we do similar things like making sure that their rooms are completely dark and they all have sound machines. And we try not to do screens like all the way up until bedtime. But you know, you know how it is. We're all just out here doing our best. (laughs) And when it comes to good sleep hygiene, I personally think that there's always room for improvement. There's always something that you can tweak if there's a sleep issue, or you just want to continue getting that quality overnight sleep. So what are some of your tips for having good sleep hygiene as a family to encourage good kid sleep? Yes. So I love that, you know, you focus on your sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene is one of the biggest things that I focus on when I work with families because it can really make such a difference and helping the child sleep and helping the family sleep. So some of the main things that I look at when we are optimizing our sleep. So I'll say first, sleep hygiene, it's just the habits that we have that impact our sleep. So it can either be good or it can be poor. But like you said, we can always make improvements. So you've touched on a few of the things already with the sleep environment and making sure the room is dark and quiet. But I do like to use sound machines. And I do always note with sound machines, the AAP recommendation is to have them no louder than 50 decibels and at least seven feet from where your child's sleeping. So I always like to share that. It's good to know because I don't know if we follow that. So I'll have <laughs> to go up my, my tape and make sure that they're far yeah. away. So yeah. 
You're welcome. And there are free apps that you can download right on your phone to check the decibels if your sound machine doesn't have that built in automatically. I know some of them do. Uh, And then with that sleep environment, also just making sure it's a good temperature. I know it can be hard and our temperatures go up and down, but just being mindful of what our kids are wearing to bed, especially if it's warmer or cooler than usual. And then something else that's really big with sleep hygiene is light exposure. So like you were mentioning with the screens, this was something I did not know about until becoming a sleep consultant. And it was just so interesting for me to learn because we used to do TV right up until bedtime. We thought that it was helping our daughter unwind and relax. And then I learned that screens emit blue light, which negatively impact our circadian rhythm, which is what helps regulate our sleep. And it also gets in the way of our body's natural melatonin production. And melatonin, I know it's popular right now is like a supplement, but it is a natural hormone that our bodies produce and it's sensitive to light. So that's a big one that I do recommend is always just turning off those screens at least an hour, ideally two hours before bed and even dimming the lights in the home. So switching from bright overhead lighting to lamps, if that's something that you have, or just dimming the lights if you have a dimmer. Um, Those are key. And then another area of sleep hygiene that I love that applies to everyone is having a bedtime routine. So I know it's something that we talk a lot about for our kids. And I love having routines that helps them know that sleep is coming. It can be a time for them to unwind, get ready for bed, to connect with us before that separation that bedtime brings. And again, just helps our bodies know that sleep is coming. And it's important for us as adults, too, to have some sort of bedtime routine that we're doing before we go to bed. That's Yeah, that's really important. We didn't always have a bedtime routine in place Mm. and discovered that when we really put the emphasis on, you know, bath, bottle, bed, and now that the kids are a little bit older, you know, just bath, bed, book, prayer, sleep, it's really kind of made the line in the sand that this, Mm -hmm. this is now bedtime, and you, you will go to sleep. Yes. (laughs) And, but I hadn't thought about that as much for myself as an adult, I kind of, like a lot of moms see the post bedtime time as like, my time. And Mm -hmm. I, I tend to just extend that all the way up until bedtime. And then I just go get in bed. Mm. So I think that there's probably some room for improvement on that front for myself and probably for a lot of listeners as well. It's definitely something I've had to be intentional about. And it doesn't have to be anything crazy. You know, it's like you're washing your face, you're putting on pajamas, maybe like reading a book or listening to a meditation for a few minutes before you get into bed. Absolutely. I noticed personally that I had the biggest improvement in my sleep when I put a cap on my phone use time. I had decided Mm -hmm. 
that an hour before going to bed, I would just put my phone down and focus on just having actual conversations with my husband or sometimes watching TV because I break my own rules all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I noticed a big improvement in my sleep simply because yeah. I was able to do just one thing at a time. I wasn't double screening or... Mm -hmm talking to my husband while scrolling and it it not only improved my sleep but it improved my relationship with my husband because we were able to connect as adults again and not adults with screens right. so i think working on in improving your sleep hygiene kind of bleeds over into improvement in a lot of areas in your life definitely definitely in another area of sleep hygiene that I always look at is nutrition. We're thinking about making sure our kids are fed well and trying to avoid foods with added sugar in the hours before bedtime and foods with hidden caffeine. But again, that's the same for us as adults. So being mindful of what we're eating. And like you said, it's so hard after our kids go to bed because that's often, like you said, it's our time. So attempting to have treats or whatever it might be before bed, but just being mindful of the spacing and the amount of time before you need to be asleep. It can really make a big difference. So to review, for great sleep hygiene, Nicole's tips are to keep your room dark, use sound machines, keep your room at a comfortable temperature, limit screens before bedtime, nix that blue light, get a solid bedtime routine, and dial up that nutrition, limit the sugar and caffeine before bed. Okay, so if somebody is listening right now and they are hearing us talk about sleep hygiene and are thinking that they have to reinvent the wheel for their family here, what is the first thing? Like what should be mm -hmm. task one for them? I would say task one would be to look at that sleep environment and if you don't have blackout shades, you can kind of make your own. There are some ways to do it. They might not be the most aesthetically pleasing, but you can block out the light from your windows using cardboard and painter's tape, just taping it up to the windows or even tinfoil with a little drop of water. It helps the tinfoil stick right to the window and it totally blocks out the light. Yes. I've used it when I've traveled and we actually use that in our daughter's room around the edges. We have window air conditioners, so it lets the light in. So we've just put the tinfoil around the air conditioner and it blocks out all that extra light. Wow. I have, I have mm. never heard that before. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, right. It's like making that change. It's, just something simple that you can do, a place to start so that it doesn't have to feel overwhelming. So if Nicole is really striking a chord with you and you want to connect with her and learn more about how to improve the sleep that your family is getting, Nicole, where can they find you online? Yes. So I have my website. It is www.delightfuldreamers.com. And then I am on social media I'm on Instagram at Delightful Dreamers LLC. And I do have some free downloads on sleep hygiene and different things that I offer families as well. 
That's right. On Nicole's website, she has some great free resources that I will link in the show notes today. She has guides for great naps and wake windows, as well as tips for overall better sleep. And a couple of those I I should really look into myself. So <laughs> thank you for offering those, Nicole. And thank you oh, for yes, joining absolutely. us here today. Your, your Instagram has been a wealth of information for me, and I hope our listeners <laughs> find something there as well. Thank you so much. And that brings us to the end of this discussion with Nicole Gordon of Delightful Dreamers. If you found today's episode helpful, please share it with a friend to help them and help us grow. It's as easy as taking a screenshot and posting it in your Instagram stories. Let me know what you thought of today's discussion and what your biggest takeaway is. Wishing you all sweet dreams. And until next time, this is Caroline. And don't forget... You can.